Our final speaker is Tom Lang. Tom is a science communicator and comedian whose most rec recent show, Love Factually, introduced reproductive evolution to unsuspecting audiences at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. He knows at least five science concepts that can be demonstrated with a slinky. Tom. Hi, so you've probably gathered from that that I'm not a real scientist. Okay, I'm not a, I'm kind of, kind of feeling out of place here. Everyone's got doctors and professors and teaching things and they've taken people apart and they've discovered stuff and my friends describe me as being a science clown, uh, which is actually fairly accurate. Um, but I, I mean, I, I do really like science. I, I am qualified science communicator and I like science not in the way that people like liking science on Facebook. <laughs> I actually like science, and I like other people to like science too, so that's what I do. I, I work at ScienceWorks, among other places, and I tell people about science using slinkies. And another reason that I'm not a very good scientist is because my note-taking is just absolutely horrific. Uh, I've got... It, this varies from prose to notes, and then at one point, um, there's some pictures which is just not good practice. Uh, so I was trying to decide who I'd talk about uh, for this, and I was, I was at work in a lightning room in, in ScienceWorks, and my colleague says, well, just look over there. And I look over, and there's our Tesla coil the size of a bus that I've been working next to for most of the day. So I thought, the answer is pretty obvious. I've got to talk about Michael Faraday. <laughs> because we all know about Tesla. But there is no way I'm walk working next to that thing without a Faraday cage, okay? <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Uh, and Michael Faraday is actually a pretty amazing uh, kind of character. And he's really under underrated. I'm getting some good feedback here. Can I, what if I'm back here? That might be a bit better. Okay, and uh, Michael Faraday, if you don't know about him, well, you soon will. Um, he came from very humble beginnings, a little town called Newington Butts in England. <laughs> Uh, in the towns like Newington Butts, they only ever produce like one famous person and then quit. He's got to have his name there on a bench somewhere, I'm sure. Um, his father was a fairly mediocre blacksmith. The family was very poor. He dropped out of school at age 13 with only a rudimentary understanding of math and uh, decent English skills. Um, he got a job as an apprentice bookbinder. Now, Faraday was a smart kid and he did something none of the other apprentice bookbinders really bothered doing. He read the books. <laughs> which seems obvious in hindsight. Um, and he was a self-teacher. He learned about science, chemistry, all sorts of things from these books that he was reading, and he got really into it. He started attending lectures. Uh, he started doing his own basic chemistry experiments. He got all of these notes. He was a nerd, okay? He was that kid making his own little electrochemical cell up the back of the bookbinding workshop. Um, and he bound all of his scientific notes into a 300-page little volume. And he sent it all off to, at, the, at that point, what was a very, very famous scientist called Humphrey Davy, okay? He was a really renowned chemist. Um, you might have heard of some of the things he discovered. Calcium. <laughs> sodium. My favorite, potassium. I don't know if we can blame him for the scientific, for the chemical symbols, but we probably can. 
who calls Patel with a K? I don't know. Uh, so uh, Faraday sent him off a 300-page volume, and uh, Humphrey Davy was a little skeptical at first, but then when he lost all his eyesight due to a horrible chemical accident, he was like, yeah, I need a secretary. Let's get this kid. Uh, so Davy was a pioneer in electrolysis, mainly. He was in that end of, of chemistry. Uh, pretty soon, uh, Faraday moved up to being his lab assistant. Uh, and even though Davy discovered a lot of stuff, he was a big deal. He is quoted often as saying his greatest discovery was Michael Faraday, which is kind of cute. And I'm not sure it was true. Um, I'm not sure that he said that. You'll see what I mean. Uh, so Faraday started off as a chemist. He'd follow Davy around. Davy's wife hated him because he wasn't an aristocrat. He was an underclass. He was the son of a not very good blacksmith. Um, but, you know, he stuck with it. He discovered a few things while Faraday was doing chemistry. Faraday discovered some things you might have heard of called benzene, ions, nanoparticles, and the Bunsen burner. Uh, for most people, that would be a career right there. You could quit. You'd be ahead of the game. But not Faraday, because he made his mark in electromagnetism, which was only just starting to be a thing. Now, at this point, like, the study of electricity was still basically a scientific curiosity. Okay? They knew that if you rubbed a glass rod on a cat, you got some sparks. That's good. Ben Franklin had done some stuff with lightning. That was pretty cute. They had a... Uh, they had Galvani was, was zapping frogs. Volta had in, invented the battery. All this stuff was pretty neat. Like, scientists had some sweet toys, but they didn't know what to do with them. There was no useful application, really, at this point. They didn't have the light bulb. They didn't have the motor. They didn't have the generator. They didn't even have the most basic of smartphones. Um, <laughs> and electromagnetism, in general, had only just recently been discovered, okay? There was a Danish guy called Hans Christian Ørsted, I think I'm pronouncing that right, um, and he, he was messing around with uh, some batteries, some compasses, and he found out that if you put a compass down next to a live wire, the compass will move. Somehow electricity and magnetism are related, and everyone thought that was pretty cool. They were like, we've got to do something with this, guys. We've got to invent the smartphone that had to wait. Uh, first, they tried to get a motor happening, something that could move in a useful way. Davy had a crack, Humphrey Davy. He couldn't get it to work, discussed it with Faraday for a while. Faraday went off. He had a go. He got it working. He invented what was called the homopolar, uh, homopolar motor, which was the first, I think I'm pronouncing that right as well, homopolar? Homopolar? No, that can't be right. The first electric motor. And you can actually make one of these yourselves with just a little battery, a bit of wire, and a magnet. And you can have things spinning around in about five minutes. It's pretty cool. Uh, Faraday invented that. He was, so, uh, he was so excited by this that he rushed off. He got himself published. He totally forgot to credit Davy. Davy was pissed. He was so angry. Davy basically started off a rivalry with Faraday that would continue for most of the rest of his life, which is why I think the quote about Faraday being my greatest invention is probably not accurate. Uh, he would get Faraday tied up with useless practical errands like fixing the boats of the Royal Navy or polishing telescopes, go invent a better lens. Um, when Faraday was getting elected to the Royal Institute of Science Fellowship, Davy apparently wandered around the campus just yelling, don't elect him, don't, don't get Faraday, he's a dick. <laughs> uh, 
Now, Faraday got obsessed with this whole electromagnetism thing, as you would if you basically invented it. Uh, and pretty soon he discovered that if you pass a magnet through a coil of wire, you create a small electric current. And it's, that's amazing. Try it at home, it works. Only with a magnet, like nothing else. A carrot, nothing. But a magnet, <laughs> a magnet, you can get elec electricity to flow. And it's, you can't imagine how big a deal that was. Because back then, they had to rub cats together. <laughs> they had to put acid in little tubs. It was a pain getting electricity. And now you could just move a magnet in and out. It was amazing. That was the original electric dynamo. And Faraday's same design, a little bit of polish, updated is our modern electric battery and our modern electric generator. And you find scaled up versions of that in every nuclear, coal, wind, or hydro power plant in the world. It's the same technology, just refined a little. So, right, like Faraday got a few things named after him. He got, he got a, actually I'm skipping forward here. He got a wave, eh, yay. He got a standard international unit. That's pretty cool, like the Farad. He got a constant, he got a couple of effects, like 15 laws. He got a British bank note, the 20 pound note had Faraday on it for a while, but he needed so much more. Like right now, if we gave him his due, we would be Faradaying a Faradic current through our Faradaying Faradium into our Farad motors to brush our teeth with. Um, only teeth would be called um, Davy pegs. Because <laughs> of the calcium. Um, so, Faraday was an interesting character though, and something you don't hear about him very often is he was very religious, but not in a mainstream way. He, he belonged to this little tiny sect called Sandemanians. He was a Sandemanian, and they were a sort of Christian uh, offshoot, very sort of, uh, very serious about things, and it, that influenced his whole view of science. He believed that, that the existence of God was just self-evident in nature, and that everything you could discover in science would show that. And so he believed all things were connected, since there was one God, everything was one interrelated system. Um, and to a degree, that held up. He proved through a series of experiments that what were previously known as different sorts of electricity, voltaic from batteries, static from cats, um, what's the other one, galvanic from, from uh, motors and things, he proved that it was all the same kind of electricity. Um, he was quite obsessed with fields. He thought of the electromagnetic field, which was a wild idea back then. He did go a little far at some point. He thought um, that atoms didn't exist, that they were just the interactions of electromagnetic fields, and that gravity was also related, and you could somehow get power out of gravity. But can you blame him? He invented the motor, he invented the generator. Who knows how far he could have gone? His brain did get, did get a bit mushy as he got older, um, and so the whole generating electricity with gravity didn't really work out. But it wasn't until after his death that they realized the whole thing about electromagnetic fields, fields existing outside of the conductor that could sort of push each other around, held up. Um, that became the predecessor to field theory. So, um, I already did that bit. Ah, one of my favorite things he did, because he wasn't just a scientist, he was a man of the people. He was out there um, spreading his love of science, which appeals to me. He was the, he started the Royal Institute of Science um, Christmas Lecture Series. 
1825, and it has continued every single year since then, except for World War II. You can still look that up, that up. everything since about 1966 is all on the internet now. Um, and every year, they just get people in, children mostly, and they just teach them about science. Faraday's most well-known one, the one he liked the most, was called the... Oh, please tell me I wrote it down. I think it was the chemical history of the candle. And he claimed that, this is a quote, there is no more open door by which you can enter into the study of natural philosophy than by consider considering the physical phenomena of a candle. I think that's cute. It's sort of the predecessor to Feynman's The Universe in a Glass of Wine. Uh, that all... You've, have you heard that one? The universe is in a glass of wine, and then he goes on to describe the chemistry and the biology and the physics and all of the universal uh, rules and laws and constants are inherent in everything. And I believe that also applies to slinkies. <laughs> but that's probably another story. Um, so that is Faraday. And I think next time you're standing two meters away from a Tesla coil and not dying, just remember who to thank, because it's not Tesla. He did not give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I've been Tom Lang. Cheers.